Miami was back in action with two games over the weekend and two more wins to keep the Heat on top of the Eastern Conference. And one of the biggest reasons why is Bam Adebayo, who absolutely dominated and involved into a, quote, impact-winning player, according to Eric Spolstra. Is this the version of Bam that could lead Miami to a title? We'll debate that, as well as Bam's case for Defensive Player of the Year. And look ahead to this week's games, including Monday's matchup against the second-place Chicago Bulls. Keep it here for a great show you don't want to miss. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. It's a Monday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. However, you may be listening or watching on YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. I'm David Rumel, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Wes Goldberg. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, the game started on Friday for Miami, resuming their regular season after the All-Star break. Traveling to the Big Apple to beat down the Knicks, something that all Heat fans appreciate, 115 to 110, and then came back to FTX Arena to take on a shorthanded Spurs team. Another win, 133 to 129. And Wes, the big story for me was watching Bam Adebayo absolutely take over the game. I was there in person at FTX Arena, and Eric Spolstra spoke about Bam after the game, delivering this great quote to reporters about how Bam has truly evolved this season. Bam is just really coming into his own uh, as a, an impact-winning player, um, you know, and and really coming into his own as a great player uh, in this league. And you know, there, there's so much uh, that you know he has on his on his plate uh, that he has to to constantly make reads. Um, you know, uh, during the course of the game, uh, you know, when to facilitate, when to uh, be aggressive. Um, when to look for uh, scoring opportunities, when to look to get other people open. Um, it's a whole lot more nuanced than the average fan uh, could possibly understand. And uh, he's just making exponential, you know, growth and strides uh, as the season goes on. Um, yeah, we, we've seen this on occasion when other teammates sat out games and it was basically bam or nobody. But with Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero out there at varying points, Adebayo finished with a season-high 36 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. Absolutely transcendent performance. Wes, is this the the best we've ever seen of Bam Adebayo? No doubt. Like, no doubt, right? I mean, I think the closest thing would have been the 2019 playoffs in the bubble, right? Um, And that, that stretch that he had. And that's kind of when we saw him blossom defensively. Oh, wow, he could do this on the biggest stage. The block against Jason Tatum at the basket and all of these things. Offensively, he's never been quite this great and I think what Spo is saying there striking that balance between facilitating because we we have long talked about how he is the, the hub of the offense the dribble handoffs and all those things the pick and roll and stuff like that but now he's starting to figure out all right when do I just do the offense when do I just go through the dribble handoff and all these things that I can still initiate better than maybe anyone outside of Denver at my position um or when do I just sort of freelance ad lib do my own thing attack the basket when do I – and he's noticing when he's got, you know, defending centers wrong-footed and he can go in one direction. Oh, yeah. um, he's, he's, like, noticing where his little creases are, and that's 
such a huge difference. And that's a play, that's a leap that every offensive player who turns out to be great has to make because now you don't get to just rely on your athleticism. And there's no doubt about it that Bam is a terrific, unbelievable athlete, but it's pairing that athleticism with the decision-making, pairing that athleticism with finding those creases in the defense that allows you to attack a little bit more often. And now Bam is, is hitting that stride. And you look at what he's done over the last 10 yeah. games, David. It's ridiculous. 22.7 points per game on 15.7 field goal attempts per game. He's shooting 56.7% in those last 10 games. Um, and I'm glad you read the entire box score for his game um, over the weekend because he's <laughs> loading up the box score too. Right. 11.3. Like, it's not just offense. 11.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists. So he's still getting the ball to his teammates. 1.7 steals and 1.5 blocks. If you if you like if you like that stock measurement that Bill Simmons came up with years ago, that's uh, uh, 3.2 yeah. stocks a game. And he's out, and and the Heat are outscoring opponents by an average of almost 12 points per game when Bam is on the court. In other words, he's been awesome. And look, you don't want to say a one 10 game sample size is a leap, but we've seen flashes of this. This has been a steady development. It's been kind of a march towards this. I think this right. is going to be more of the Bam that we right. see. That's not to say that other Jimmy Butler or Tyler, when they have big games. Bam can always fall back and be like, look, yes. I'm just going to get them the ball. But that's what makes him special. But he is capable of doing this yeah. every single night, and he has made a noticeable leap. Look, I mean, Jimmy and Bam – I'm sorry, Jimmy and Tyler both had 27 points last night. So it's not like the ball right. wasn't being moved around. Miami's egalitarian sharing offense was still active yesterday. It was Bam taking the lead, which is what I mentioned before. Like the fact that he was able to do this out there – with three other superstars playing alongside him at different points in the game, phenomenal. Like, we, you've reported on his aggressiveness, the fact that he's taking another leap. We've seen it come together over the last few weeks more and more. I think yesterday was a culmination of all that. But something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, and shout out to uh, Cooper Moorhead over at Heat.com because he's, I think he's working or has worked on a story, kind of driving this point home. It's something that... We've been talking about, I think, since the preseason, the signing of Kyle Lowry and his ability to unlock bigs has been something that's always been reported and talked about, but we're starting to see this evolution of it. And yesterday, the line of questioning and answers from different Heat players about how Tyler, I'm sorry, how Kyle continues to impact these guys, like the fact that he's pushing Bam to be more aggressive, as according to Jimmy Butler, that he's pushing Bam to be even more aggressive than what we've seen. Eric Spolstra making the comparison to an NFL quarterback and show and how Kyle has been able to teach Bam how to read the game better. Like we're seeing a, a different version. I've got the quote here from him. If anything, I'm sorry, what Kyle has brought to Bam is even their level of processing. What a statement that is. Cause it's just, yeah. like, we've seen Bam before be the playmaker and the debate has been long. Well, when's he a play playmaker? When's he going to be a scorer? Why is he so passive? But now he's just reading things differently. And we've seen like high level players like Lowry, like CP3 be able to have this impact. And of course, we always have Nikola Jokic as a prime example of what you can do at a center position. But imagine a player like Bam with his level of athleticism being a more aggressive scorer, reading the game at this processing yeah. this game at such a high level. That's, I'm glad you that's mentioned That's an all-NBA player. It is. And you mentioned Jokic. That's the leap that Jokic had to make, right? Once you sort of figure out, all right, this is how an offense runs through me. How do I optimize my role in running that right. offense that is built around me? Okay, I've optimized that role. We've got like the, the, the T's crossed and the I's dotted and I've got like the basics down. Now, how do I expand on that? How do I become a scorer 
within that offense that's built around me. And Bam is starting to figure that out. And, and I'm glad you bring up Kyle Lowry uh, and that impact there because they've been talking about it all year long. And now you're starting to see that, right? And it's yeah. huge. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Suns add a Chris Paul. That's one of the reasons why Miami, Miami was so gung-ho about getting Kyle Lowry. And that's why, by the right. way, it was an upgrade over Goran Dragic. As much as we love Goran Dragic, he doesn't have For that sure. level of an impact on his teammates the way that Kyle Lowry does. There's just something that isn't measured in the box score. So anybody that was doubting Kyle Lowry's uh, the, the trade-up, the upgrade to Kyle Lowry, this is why you did it. It's not just at the point guard spot. You also acquired a better Bam Adebayo. You also acquired a better Tyler Hero. You also acquired a better Jimmy Butler in some instances. And this is, by the way, the Bam that they're gonna, the Heat are going to need if they're going to succeed in the half court. Jimmy Butler is a terrific half court player. Tyler Hero is a terrific half court player. But you need a lot of good half court players in the postseason, especially if you want to do what the Heat are trying to do, which is win a championship. Bam is going to be a huge part of that as long as he keeps playing this way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do we want to devote any time to Bam's Defensive Player of the Year candidacy? Because I feel like he's not getting nearly enough consideration. And I know a big part yeah. of that is the fact that he hasn't played nearly enough games, and so it's kind of eliminating him as a, a legitimate candidate. But, I mean, like, Draymond is, uh, I think, considered the favorite. He's played two less games. No, not anymore. I mean, this year. Rudy Gobert, uh, he's not going to win. I think Gobert, it. I guess, is the favorite. Yeah, I guess so, right? And is that just sort of by default? I don't even know. Uh, look, Boston's got to get some credit, too. I mean, maybe they Robert Williams starts to get in that conversation. He's been awesome for them lately. Yeah. Um, I think you could make a legitimate argument for Evan Mobley in Cleveland, legitimately. Yeah. But Miami has a six-rated defense in the NBA. Um, if you eliminate Draymond Green because of games played, which I think we're going to end up at that point because he's going to be out for another four or five weeks, it sounds like. Um, I don't know that you can yeah. give it to any one Boston Celtic or any one Phoenix Suns player, any one Dallas Mavericks player, which uh, somehow they're in the top five defensively in, in defensive rating. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we should be talking about Bam more. I mean, over the last uh, – I had the stat here somewhere, but over the last 10 games – yeah, over the last 10 games, he's holding opponents to 7.5 percentage points fewer uh, or less than their, their shooting averages, which is a really good mark, and he's contesting more shots than anybody else on Miami – and you know what? You can look at the advanced stats, whatever. They're fine. Defensive metrics are a little wonky. They don't really tell the whole story. Okay, yeah. I, I implore you, voters, who who get a say on these things, just watch a Heat game. Look at what Bam Adebayo does. It's incredible. There's very few players, if any players, that could do exactly what it is that he does in the NBA. He should be getting more talk as a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. I don't know if he'll win it. I don't know if 22 games missed is, is too many at this point. But in a COVID year, maybe not. Um, and, yeah. uh, I, I understand why we're all looking at the offensive thing, because that is the storyline. It's because we've been waiting for it so long, but eventually we're going to have to look at the defensive metrics too. But, um, at the end of the day, he, he could end up on an all NBA list with the way he, if he can play like this down the stretch. How, how lucky heat fans are to be able to argue mm -hmm. about his aggressiveness and his offense and everything else. And now see it culminate at this level and still just kind of take for granted how good he is defensively. It's unbelievable. I mean, we're watching, a player entering his prime, what could potentially be a Hall of Fame career. And uh, he, he's just showing a whole other level of development, something that we continue to talk about. And we'll see how it manifests, because I think they're going to continue to rely on him more and more throughout the rest of the season, especially if they're going to be making a push to the NBA Finals. But uh, we'll move on. We'll talk a little bit about this week's slate of games in the next segment before previewing the upcoming matchup, tonight's matchup against the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls. But first, a reminder that this show is brought to you by Built Bar, 
It's a time of year when so many people have given up on New Year's resolutions. I know it's hard for me. Uh, I didn't make any resolutions regarding eating healthy because, well, I try to do that anyway. Sometimes. Not really. I don't know. We had a debate last week about pizza. It's kind of hard. You know, pizza, Built Bar, you know, it's not quite in the same level. But Built Bar, if you want to eat healthier, then Built Bars are the option for you because they don't even taste like a protein bar. But you're getting all the nutrients that you might be looking for in a protein bar. They've got so many delicious flavors. You can pick and choose all of your favorites. Get a mixed box. Get a one with just your favorite flavors. That's how it works. If you want to get a mixed box, you can give some away to friends, family, coworkers. I'm sure they'll always appreciate the gift. And and again, low calorie, high protein. You replace your candy bars with a protein bar, but you sacrifice none of the taste because all of them are so much better. Uh, they're soft, 100% covered in chocolate, easy to chew. And again, getting all the nutrients that you might be looking for. But if you go to Built.com right now, that's Built.com, and use the promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off your order. So use the promo code LOCK15 but only if you go to built.com and get 15% off your next order of Bill Bar. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to make some predictions for this week in Miami Heat basketball. It is time for Nostradamus, David. Let's get started with our first game. Big question for tonight's game against the Chicago Bulls. Big game. Yes. Yeah, big game. Absolutely. The Chicago Bulls currently have a game behind the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference standings. And everybody's talking about an MVP candidate, but it's not Jimmy Butler. It's a guy over wearing a Bulls uniform. Can the Heat, not so dumb, can the Heat slow down DeMar DeRozan? DeMar DeRozan over the last 10 games has scored at least 30 points in each of those 10 games. Uh the last time that the, these two teams played, the Heat and the Bulls, the only time that these two teams have met on November 27th, the Heat won, but DeMar DeRozan, 28 points on 11 of 19 shooting. So they couldn't slow him down then, just two points below this 30-point streak. I have a feeling that they won't slow him down this time either, honestly. But they, like they, they didn't necessarily need to slow down DeMar DeRozan the last time they played because, again, they won that game. They need to slow down everybody else. It sounds like they will have Zach Levine healthy and ready to go Monday night. He played over the weekend for Chicago. Uh, still going to be without Lonzo Ball. Still going to be without Alex Caruso. So maybe this is an opportunity for Miami's guards to score a little bit more without Chicago's defensive-minded point-of-attack guards in the game. Uh, you got to let your... The, the, the Bulls have been really good lately, in large part because of DeMar DeRozan. You can't just quite let him cook and just try and just dare the other Bulls to beat you. Um, but there's just no slowing down this guy to the point of... Uh, making him not a factor. He's going to be a tough cover, even for this Heat team. Look, he shot really inefficiently in a recent loss against the Memphis Grizzlies. I think it's the same game yeah. was being played on Saturday night. Shot uh, under 30%, uh, 10 of tw- or about 30%, 10 of 29 from the floor. And a lot of those were just normal shots that he takes. He's like Jimmy Butler in many regards, kind of mm-hmm. forcing shots from the mid-range, uh, adverse to taking a three-point shot, and looking to draw contact and get to the free throw line. But his mid-range game, a lot more solid than Jimmy's is. So, uh, I'm sure Heat players will have some sense of familiarity. And Kyle Lowry, certainly, given his strong friendship to DeMar and everything else, it's he's going to know yeah. his tendencies. It's going to be an interesting battle. I'd like to see how those two guard each other at, on occasion there. But uh, it's going to be... Jimmy will probably so, start on him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but obviously the Heat will switch enough. And, and Chicago likes to force a lot of switches. But then I could see Caleb Martin getting some run on him at points in the game, too. And he's been really good. He's been talking about a guy over the weekend, Caleb Martin, had a really nice impact every time he came into the game for Miami. Let's go to our yeah, next game. Yeah. Well, well, you know, as a quick aside, because okay. Caleb Martin, something I noticed yesterday against the Spurs, like 
Uh, Lonnie Walker Jr., I'm not sure if it came across in the broadcast. He, he had like a little run there in the third quarter where the Spurs were making a push to tie the game up. And he hit a big three, had a huge monster dunk, kind of started talking a little smack a little bit. Started getting into it with Caleb Martin, then Caleb locked him up for one possession. Caleb started talking back. So he's he's become that kind of that kind of guy where he's just so confident in his yeah. defensive abilities to be able to lock somebody up. And Got it's good to have man. another weapon like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Wednesday, the Heat go to Milwaukee to take on their rival, the Bucks. Can Miami's big three outplay Milwaukee's big three, Nostradamus? Milwaukee's big three of Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday are a plus 9.9 net rating this season when they're on the court together. Uh, Miami's big three, which I guess you could debate what their big three is right now, but I, I really want it. I still think it's Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, and Kyle Lowry. They're a plus 8.4, which is good, not great. And Milwaukee's big three is good, not great, especially when you compare Milwaukee's big three last year, which is blowing opponents mm-hmm. out of the water. Uh, I don't know if they'll if Miami's big three will outplay Milwaukee's. But I don't know that they have to, David. I think they yeah. just need to play them even because if they do that, I think the Heat have much more depth and they can win this game with their depth as long as their big three plays Milwaukee's big three to an even-ish you know, ish kind of uh, score. Yeah, uh, a good statement game. I know he, they were asked about it yesterday. Uh, Heat players looking forward to the matchup against some of these top teams in the Eastern Conference. And I'm sure that there's a no, no, no love loss between – yeah. The Heat and Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sure PJ would want to have a good game against his former team, et cetera. You know, for Jimmy to show out this new version of Bam. I'm curious to see how that matchup plays out because it really hasn't been much of a factor in terms of like what Giannis does defending Bam. But now that Bam has become such a much more integral part of Miami's offense, how Adedekumpo, who's a defensive player that you candidate himself, uh, yeah. manages to hinder Bam, that, that should be an interesting matchup. That's but we'll point. move on. On Saturday, I'm sorry, on Thursday, that's a big game too. The Heat's still on the road. They go to Brooklyn and they take on the Nets. Can the Heat cruise to a win over the Nets without Kyrie Irving in the lineup? So right before we started recording this, David, we saw we got some new uh, news from the New York mayor saying that he is going to lift this mask mandate. Now, that's not going to not happen yet. before that game Thursday. Right. So it doesn't really impact this game in particular Kyrie Irving, the last time these two teams played in Miami, he was available, obviously, because it was in Miami. Uh, and he had 20 points in that fourth quarter uh, to kind of make the Heat sweat in a 115-111 to 111 win. The Heat are not going to be sweating Kyrie's Irving presence in this game. He's not going to be available. Goran Dragic will. Goran Dragic mm. will. And so can the Heat go toe-to-toe with Goran Dragic there? Will Goran Dragic be motivated, saying, hey, you guys weren't even interested in me. Let me show you why maybe you should have been. I could see hmm. Goran Dragic. I know he's got love for the organization, but that doesn't matter when you're playing these games. If anything, it's probably a detriment to the Heat because you like that That kind of is the competitive fire that a lot of these guys feed off right. of. So uh, that's what I'm looking at is the Goran Dragic factor in this game, considering that there is no Kyrie Irving. Yeah, no, good point. Look, uh, second night of a back-to-back also – I'm not expecting Miami to cruise to a win over anybody at this point. We saw yeah. against the Knicks that they struggled early on in the quarter in the first quarter and then eventually came back to dominate. Uh, same thing happened against the Spurs, who were severely undermanned with three of their score the top starters. And, you know, you had guys come in and just play with much more energy. And, and the Heat, that's just kind of been their MO for most of this regular season. They always find a way to come up with a victory, or at least they usually do. I'm not so sure that'll be the case on Thursday because, again, the second night of back-to-back, that's usually when the team is a little bit more exhausted given the energy level, the emotions. And they've not been One of these games is going to be a real stinker. I'm not sure if it's Wednesday or Thursday, but that's all. 
Right. So it's going to yeah. be interesting to see how they, they, they start off against the Bucks and going against a rival team or whether or not they have to just wind up finding a way to win on Thursday against the Brooklyn Nets. But, uh, you know, I mean, they could be entering like a Saturday's matchup against the 76ers with a two-game losing streak. That would not be great. I know a lot of Heat fans will freak out if that happens. But one thing that you also have to consider when going up against Philadelphia, Nostradamus, how do they defend the Harden MB pick and roll? I don't know about you, David, but I've been watching a lot of these 76ers games since James Harden, all of them. I think it was only two or three of them. There is a lot of pick and roll happening right now in Philadelphia. I would say it's basically 100% of their offense at this point is just Joel Embiid screening for James Harden when both of those guys are on the court together. And look, that makes a lot of sense. If you're Doc Rivers, you are trying to create some sort of offense you know, on the fly right now. Well, just put your guard and your, and your big man in a pick and roll and just, and just test defenses, dare them to stop them. Um, and it's been really effective for Philadelphia so far. They're 2-0 since getting James Harden or, or since James Harden has been playing. So uh, I expect Miami to see a lot of that pick and roll, and I expect them to switch it initially. So yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they – do they try to go to a zone and dare James Harden to shoot? I would probably guess that they might – we might see a little bit of zone, but it probably was not going to work because James Harden is a really good three-point shooter. Um, do they just put Bam on Joel Embiid and not switch those actions because Joel Embiid can get switched onto Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson, God forbid. Uh, Duncan Robinson could foul out in the first six minutes if that's the case. So uh, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what kind of game plan Eric Spolster rolls out, if any at all. Do you even want to show your cards at this point, or you just say, you know what, let's just switch everything normal, see what happens, yep. and then at least we have the film for it for the next time we play this team and maybe even for a playoff series. So it'll be interesting to see how Spo plays this one. My guess is that yeah. he's going to try to win this game, just call it a hunch. Sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it'll like I said – it's going to be really interesting to see if they go full switch or if they try to do some other things. How much run do uh, bigger centers like Dwayne Dedman, maybe even if he if he's back from these back issues, Omer Yurtsevin, how much run do those guys get uh, specifically in matchups with Joel Embiid? Um, there's a lot of options here. I don't know what you think. No, I'm glad you brought up, uh, you know, Spol, uh, Spolster kind of adjusting and things of this sort because they don't have enough film yet to kind of prepare for this. And this is kind of how this team operates. And, and look, I'm imploring fans right now they're probably going to get blown out just because they're riding an energy high. This happens at this point of the season. You make a trade, you swing the energy around, you know, you're, you're committed now. You've got the bad blood, the bad energy, the bad vibes of Ben Simmons elsewhere. And now it's like, yeah, everything's great. We're all happy, keen, and moving forward with James Harden, who is, again, an all-NBA player and has been for a yeah. long time. And so now everything is reinvigorated in Philadelphia. We're back on title track. This is the way it was supposed to be. This is the culmination of the process, you know, for years and years now. They're at a higher level. They're playing at a high level, and that's fine. They, they probably will beat Miami on Thursday, on Saturday, excuse me. And you know what? You have to live with it. I'm imploring fans right now, don't <laughs> overreact to it. Because why? Because you've got Eric Spolstra and not Doc Rivers. He's going to watch the film, and if this, these two teams match up, whatever happens in this first matchup, doesn't matter in the playoffs because Eric Spolster is going to figure it out just like he always does. He'll have the film. He'll be able to prepare. He'll get this team ready. That's a difference maker. What happens on Saturday during the regular season, not a concern, whether it's a 20-point loss or not. I know Sixers fans will want to take that, and they'll ride that for the rest of the season. But guess what? That's the team that's falling apart in the playoffs. That's the team of Embiid and Harden and Doc Rivers, who have all shown at different points in time that they can't handle the pressure, the ability to adjust during the in-game series the way Eric Spolster and the Miami Heat can. But we'll move on. 
We'll look ahead to Monday's matchup against the Chicago Bulls, preview that a little bit more, and then wrap up today's show. But first, a reminder that Bet Online is still a sponsor of this show. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. As a reminder, you can always reach us via email at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com or via Twitter using the hashtag AskLLHeat. Be sure to please subscribe to the show and leave a review. Those comments are kicking it live, let me tell you. They're, they're going crazy over there. We're debating about pizza toppings, about whether or not Dame Lillard is a better choice than Donovan Mitchell, etc. We love getting that feedback from you guys. Thank you so much for always being an active part of what makes this show so special. But you know what? We'll move on and talk a little bit about the Monday night matchup. Number one versus number two in the Eastern Conference, the Heat versus the Chicago Bulls. As you mentioned before, no Alex Caruso, no Lonzo Ball, but they still got an MVP candidate over in DeMar DeRozan. They've got Nikola Vucevic there. What are you looking forward to the most in that? Uh, Is it DeMar? Is it something else? No, I mean, number one, you want to try to slow down DeMar DeRozan, but we talked about that. You just look at these two teams, the way that they're coming into this game. I know Chicago is coming off of a loss to Memphis, but Miami 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. Chicago 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. Miami is a plus 4.6 point differential in, uh, on the season. Chicago a plus 2.2, which is why mm-hmm. some people think that the Bulls are a little bit more of a shaky contender compared to a team like the Heat, which currently has the second best point differential in the Eastern Conference. But the way Chicago is playing right now, you could talk. We could talk about whether or not they're legitimate contenders or not, but they're a legitimately hard team to get through right now. And for Miami, why it's important right now is because I think the number one seed is really important to the Heat. I think they need the number one seed. And if, with Chicago breathing down their necks there uh, in the standings, this is a really important game for them to get, not just because of the tiebreaker, but because they're only a game apart as we are talking in the standings. Yeah. So uh, a couple things I'm looking for, if I'm going to go three keys, you know, we, yeah. if we want to kind of do it old school like that. Um, what are your Taco Bell keys to the game? There we go. Sorry. Keep I'm stealing uh, a bit from a Valley Sports. Too. Keeping turnovers low, number one. Is that sponsored by Taco Bell on Valley Sports? Good for them. Yeah. Keep turnovers low. Uh, Chicago is 10th in, the, uh, 10th in the league in scoring points off of turnovers. Uh, Miami commits the third most turnovers in the league. So that's going to be a key. That's going to be one way that if Miami starts throwing the ball away and committing careless turnovers – that's going to be one way that Chicago can sort of hang in this game and maybe even win this game. Um, so that's the first thing. Yeah. Uh, as far as the other, the second thing I would say is just get into the paint. My uh, Miami gets they're, they're the number one uh, paint scoring team in the league or really close to, uh, next to the top. Chicago gives up the seventh most points in the paint this season. So as far as getting into the paint, that's why we kind of go circle back to what we're talking about at the top of the show, David, and that's where Bam Adebayo comes in. Obviously, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero driving and kicking. This is really where Bam Adebayo can shine because that matchup with Nikola Vucevic, Vucevic has made a career of giving Miami fits, but defensively, I think he's really susceptible to Bam going off or maybe, I don't know if it'll be another season high of 36, but if Bam gets close to that, I really like Miami's chances. What do you think about Bam versus Vucevic? Because that's a good matchup. I love it. Uh, I think it's an exciting matchup. I, I also think it's one that 
Bam will likely dominate. I think he's just going to mm. be much more aggressive. I could see uh, a reality there where he gets Vooch into foul trouble early on. And look, Vooch mm. does what he does. He's going to make some passes. He's going to shoot to mid-range. He's going to shoot to three. But with Miami switching defense, it shouldn't be as much of a concern as it has been in years past. Keeping him off the boards will be a bigger concern, but we'll see how that plays out. Uh, you know, it's yeah. a good matchup. I, I still like, like you said, I think Bam's ability to drive to the hoop now. We've seen more and more often. Look, he, get, he still has, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, he's normally had fits going up against taller guys just because yes. of the bigger body, uh, whether or not he'll be as aggressive shooting the mid-range jumper if he sees it open. So it's going to be an interesting wrinkle to see. But I, I think I'm leaning more towards Bam being able to dominate the matchup individually. Yeah, you would hope that whatever leap he has taken right now helps him in that regard, right? You can't be – I know that Vucevic is a bigger body and stuff, but he's much slower than Bam. He's got to use that first step and get by him, and I, I look oh, yeah. forward to seeing how he approaches that. Last thing is just challenge Chicago's mid-range game. It's the number one mid-range shooting team in the league uh, by far. A lot of it is DeMar DeRozan, but also Zach Levine and a lot of these other guys that they have on this roster. They're a very good mid-range shooting team. Uh, Miami's switching defense. That could give up some mid-range shots, but at the same time, if you have guys like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler sort of draped on Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, can they limit that? That's going to be a huge thing to watch. Can you at least just challenge them? You're not going to take Chicago out of their offense. They have two of the best mid-range shooters in the game, and they have DeMar DeRozan, maybe the best mid-range shooter who is healthy now that Kevin Durant is sidelined for Brooklyn. You're not going to take away that part of his game. Can you just make it difficult for him? That's a key. Don't let them walk into those easy mid-range jumpers. Right. Uh, and avoid foul trouble. Again, like I said yes. earlier, you know, the bar's ability to get to the line is just up there with Jimmy Butler. He's going to look to draw contact. Now, I think Miami does generally a pretty good job of that. You know, something I saw against the Spurs, they were getting killed a lot in the pick and roll situation. The soft uh, coverage there, I, you know, the, the switch not exactly at the point it was. And we've seen P.J. Tucker on those soft switches kind of burden a little bit. I wonder if they'll be able to take P.J. out defensively and then be able to just blow past say a Kyle Lowry or somebody like that when they're in a game or a Duncan Robinson. We saw that Devin Vassell, I think uh, had a number of drives to the hoop against the Spurs in similar situations. And you wonder whether or not they'll be able to do something similar with an athletic wing like Zach Levine, uh, who's a very good player. And look, as as many people, as they talk about his three point shooting, you know, he is a slam dunk contest winner. Uh, He is a bit able to get to the rim at will. He can sky, he can, you know, finish. He's got the floater too. He's, He's a good score, a natural score. And I think he's going to be problematic. Uh, you know, their rookie too was it Io? Uh, yeah, the Sunmo, right? been really yeah, good for them. Very good. Uh, very big random scrub heat killer potential there. <laughs> just a guy who can go off there. And you know, uh, their bench isn't great. Oh, oh, you know what? I actually did want to mention that. I totally forgot. I was I had it in my notes there. The addition of Tristan Thompson in that second yeah. unit there. I wonder how that's going to work with Demar going up against uh, you know uh, Dwayne Dedman. And that drop coverage, which he'll incorporate once he's out there. You know, they're going to run a lot of pick and roll. Is Deadman going to be quick enough to avoid getting in foul trouble? Uh, will he get in foul trouble? Maybe we'll see a small lineup in the, again, going up against that second yeah. unit there. It's I was wondering that. Were you saying that? Do they go a little small at, at times? That that could be an option for them if if the score gets a little out of hand, certainly. Uh, 
Any uh, any chance of making a prediction, or are you no. gonna stay away from that? Okay, that was no all about Nasir Thomas. No, not even Nasir yeah. Thomas. You missed the segment. Early. You missed the segment. Ah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll give you, of course, a full recap of that Bulls game. So make sure you come back here immediately after to get the best news coverage available on that game, and of course, every other game for the Miami Heat. Thank you so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts. Covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm David Ramil signing off for now. Thanks so much for joining me, Wes. Wrap it up, B.